This is Max Hedrum. Hello? Anybody home? Hey! Our generation may not remember the moon landing, but we remember moon boots. If you owe a few cavities to candy cigarettes, learn your adverbs from Schoolhouse Rocks, burned your shins on a hot middle slide with sharp edges, exploding pop rocks for science, and you still want your MTV, then this podcast is for you. Dancing with Myself is dedicated to the decade of excess, the 1980s. So pull up your leg warmers and let's get physical. I'm Heather. This is episode 13 of Dancing With Myself. Energy and money were the story of the visual arts in the 1980s. The New York studio and gallery scene saw artistic experimentation run rampant, and Wall Street's joyride flooded the city with cash in search of art. One of the decade's biggest names was Julian Schnabel, whose first show featured huge paintings with broken crockery embedded in the canvas. He said, quote, I wanted to make something that was exploding as much as I wanted to make something that was cohesive. His price per painting certainly exploded from $6,000 to $600,000 in five years. Many artists worked almost as hard at self-promotion as they did at being creative, and it brought some of them yearly sales of over $1 million. Incorporating pop culture into art was an enthusiasm for many, but Keith Haring reversed the flow. His cartoon-like images were not only for sale in galleries, but also appeared on wristwatches, tote bags, and radios. Boldly inventive architects like Michael Graves and Robert Venturi also made their mark, finding a market for postmodernism, a playful, ornamented approach that surpassed modernist austerity. Newsweek declared 1984 the year of the yuppie. Early in the decade, a new demographic group emerged, young urban professionals, or yuppies, well-educated baby boomers aged between 25 and 35. Yuppies were dedicated to achieving happiness through money and possessions. Let's face it, they were upper-middle-class white kids who were used to getting what they wanted. Yuppies streamed from their suburban breeding grounds into the cities, transforming rundown districts into upscale neighborhoods in a process called gentrification, wearing clothes bearing designer labels and pouring over catalogs of prestigious products. They gathered just the right accoutrements, including Rolexes, Cuisinarts, BMWs, and Jacuzzis. To satisfy their lust for things, they frequently went heavily into debt. Dedicated to career advancements, yuppies often treated leisure time as an extension of work. A membership at an exclusive fitness club, for example, provided a chance to network. They dined out often, spurring a boom in trendy restaurants. By 1988, however, drawing criticism for their seemingly shallow materialistic values, maturing yuppies gravitated toward homeownership and children, trading their BMWs for minivans and their champagne dinners for gourmet carryouts. Sally K. Ride joined NASA in 1978 as an astronaut candidate. After a long year training and evaluation period, she became eligible for future space missions, though there was nothing available at the time. 
On June 18, 1983, Ride was part of the maiden voyage of the Space Shuttle Challenger, which was the seventh Space Shuttle mission overall. As the mission specialist, she became the first American woman in space when the shuttle successfully launched into orbit. She participated in several more missions before retiring to teach at the University of California, San Diego. On July 23, 2012, she died of pancreatic cancer at the age of 61.